Welcome into the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, alongside my co-host, Zane. We appreciate you listening to our third episode. This is the second edition of a recap episode. We had a lot of good games that happened this past weekend. Some not-so-good ones. They had to do with the NFC East and our Chicago Bears. We'll get into that later. As always, we start off our show with whatever we're drinking and what happened this past weekend with us. Zane, how are we doing and what are we drinking in front of us? Good, doing good. Everybody, thanks for joining in. Uh, today, I'm back to Jerry's Spiced Rum, um, and it's uh, just straight this week, uh, so it's a little bit little bit sharp, but it's uh, <laughs> still getting the job done for me. It'll tear the hair off your chest. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> All right, well, in front of me, I have High West Whiskey and American Prairie Bourbon, and they got healthy two fingers. And it's pretty much just trying to finish off the bottle. So maybe maybe three fingers going here. And I actually like my bourbon neat. I don't like it on the rocks because I'm a slow drinker. And, you know, the more you wait, the more it melts, of course, the, the cubes. And it just starts to become watered down and you really waste the glass, at least with me. So I like to keep it neat. And Park, it's out of Park City, Utah. First time I've had it. I would say it's about eight out of ten, eight out of 10 nine out of 10. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the show. All right. You ready to get into it? We have a lot of the same segments that we did from our first recaps episode. Of course, fan favorites, my back hurts, meatball plays, and pulled my hammy. But first, we're going to dive into the headlines. We have, again, non-football headlines. Our first headline is coming from college basketball. The AP poll dropped. And this is the official poll that college basketball uses. Everything you see on TV, all the games that you'll see, if they have a number next to their name, they're using the AP poll. And Big Ten, this is an interesting storyline, the Big Ten has half their conference in the top 25. Illinois is coming at number eight, but six other Big Ten teams are joining Illinois in the top 25. And I mean, that's a really cool stat and a really good showing for the Big Ten. Yeah, it seems like every year the the Big Ten's putting out really good teams. If you know, we're looking here. Uh, uh, looks like Iowa is the top t- top team for the Big Ten. Then we got Wisconsin, Illinois. Um, yeah, really interested to see. You know, Rutgers down there at twenty four. This is obviously a, a way too early top twenty five. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if Rutgers can hang around in there. Um, but um, yeah, really really exciting to see a lot of those Big Ten teams in the top twenty five. Yeah, with a limited non-conference schedule, you got to think with a 20-game Big Ten schedule, there's going to be a lot of you know cannibalism going on in this conference. I don't think maybe half the those teams will stay in the top 25, but there's going to be a lot of tournament teams come, come March here. And just a little interesting nugget, the last time Illinois was in the top 10 preseason poll, they were runner-ups in 2005 national championships. They came in at num- number five that year. So just something to keep your uh, keep your focus as you go into college basketball. Our next headline that we're looking at is the NBA returning December 22nd. And it feels like just yesterday that the NBA just finished and LeBron James saw the confetti coming down and, you know, him and AD had, you know, the, the whole entire future in front of them. It, it seems like it could be another dynasty. It, yeah, it really is pretty good. A pretty quick turnaround for the NBA. We'll have to see. Um how everybody's, you know, ready, you know, getting ready for, for the season. And if everybody's in shape, whether or not they thought they were going to get, you know, much longer, much longer layoff. 
Um, but uh, yeah, really just fresh off the NBA championship. So probably I, I would say only the top four teams maybe are you know going to be really disadvantaged. Um, everybody else who, who exited early, I think should be should be fine. I think you're going to see a lot of rest days, especially for the veterans, you know, the, the 30 and above players that have already proved their worth and proved that they can play when it comes playoff time. Yeah, I don't see LeBron James, you know, playing 110% right out of the gates. Maybe for Christmas Day, I'm sure. But uh, a question that, you know, we're, we're really looking at is, is this going to be another bubble where everybody's in Orlando again? Or are we going to do traveling to different sites like they did in baseball and the NFL they're doing right now? I think the NBA is just kind of waiting seeing games, see how the NFL is doing. And uh, yeah. maybe we'll see the NHL follow after this. Yeah, I think with the, the bubble thing is interesting because obviously basketball has the least amount of players out of all these, you know, major team sports. But I, I just don't see them being able to do anything outside of the, you know, a playoff tournament again inside a bubble for, you know, that extended amount of time. I, I think, you know, with the shortened season, I think what they really need to do is implement uh, just off weekends that are, strict, right, yeah. are strictly for, for makeup games, you know, due to COVID, if, if any teams can't play. So I think if you just sprinkle in um, a few makeup weekends, that number one, that gives a few teams some extra rest if they don't have any COVID-related makeup games. And, and obviously, two, there's no stress over a canceled game. Just move it to the, to the makeup weekend. Yeah, that's a really interesting point uh, and an idea about having like a couple days off that the whole league gets off just in case we need to make updates. Because we've seen with baseball and football, a lot of teams are having to cancel games or at least postpone games and put them later off in the schedule because, you know, there's COVID just runs rampant through their locker room. Yeah, exactly. And as far as the NHL, I, I expect them to be back soon as well. Um, you know, I think they could obviously experiment with a, a shorter season. I, I think everybody but football at this point could be experimenting with a shorter season because I think it just makes it that much more exciting. Yeah, football, or at least the NFL, they really have to be happy with the timing of the virus. Obviously, it's terrible, the virus, with all the lives it's taken. But as far as from a business standpoint, the NFL got pretty lucky. Uh, so with that, we'll move on to our fun segments where we break down the games from this past weekend. Our first segment is My Back Hurts. To open it up, I have De'Eric King, Miami quarterback, out of the U. Little basic stats here. He had 430 yards passing, five TDs, 105 yards rushing. They beat North Carolina State 44-41. That was an epic game. I really enjoyed this ACC matchup, and they are now – ranked ninth according to the AP poll what do you think about this past game yeah that was definitely a, a big game he didn't he he transferred yeah he transferred from Houston so moving that's from, right yeah um moving over from Houston who was a you know a moderately sized program I think uh yeah that was a really exciting game for him and really good to see him get his uh talent broadcasted on that national stage there yeah, and we, we kind of see the U has been known historically as a, one of the great college programs, but and they have their own 30 for 30s, which were great watches. If you haven't gotten a chance, you should really watch those. They have two different ones. And, you know, they're kind of always on the national stage, but, you know, when they went up against Clemson earlier this year, I mean, they really got – it was a track meet for Clemson, and Miami could do nothing to stop them. And they're just kind of in that pretender category. As of right now. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. They've they've been they've been relevant ever since they got Mark Rick from Georgia. But yeah, they've just been relevant but pretenders in terms of really threatening for a national championship. All right. Okay. So Dear King, Miami quarterback. He's my my back hurts player for this week. Zane, who do you got this week? Uh, I'm gonna move over to the NFL and I'm gonna choose Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Uh, three TDs, 415 yards. Went toe to toe with Russell Wilson, who for you know most of the season people have been saying MVP front runner. Uh, that and that just seems like one of those games that you know Russell Russell Wilson magic. You know the, the Seahawks. Right pull it out at the end and, and Josh Allen really proven his worth this season. Um had the team on his back this week, dropped forty four points, albeit against, you know, the Seahawks defense isn't great. But but like I said, you're going up against the MVP front runner. He's gotta have some nerves. Um so I think he played really well this week. Yeah, he played great this week and you know, we'll get into how our picks ended up in next uh next episode segment. But I mean, he really, he, he really outpaced the the future MVP of his league because I think Russell Wilson still has the, you know, the inside leverage for the MVP this season. But Josh Allen really did what he needed to do to get his team that W. I know they're playing at home, but there's no fans there, and and in the NFL, home field advantage really doesn't matter as much even before uh, the COVID. So really impressed with Josh Allen, and he's really developed his accuracy over the past few years. He's known more than just his rushing ability. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I said, that just seems like a, a game where, you know, one of the, the younger quarterbacks just fall, falls short against Russell Wilson. So, really, yeah, really impressed with Josh Allen this week. All right, so in summary, Danny, myself, had D.R. King, Miami quarterback, out of the U, and Zane had Josh Allen, Buff, uh, Buffalo Bills, NFL team. All right, next segment, meatball plays. Zane, who did you have? I'm gonna I'm gonna save mine because yeah, this, this is ridiculous what I had. I I, I didn't want to overlap, but I, I you know I was going through the bloopers from this weekend and I saw you know the Washington football team. <laughs> a separate, obviously, you know the theme is NFC least right now, but a separate play. I don't know if you saw this. They tried to attempt a flea flicker, and if, <laughs> yeah. If he had just kept running, you probably get like 10, 15 yards, but instead he pitches it back to the quarterback and there's like three defenders just waiting for the quarterback to get the ball and they just tackle him immediately. And it's just like, yep, that seems about right for the Washington <laughs> team right now. I mean, you watch some of these NFC East teams and you're looking at them and you're wondering if they're doing it on purpose to try to tank for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields and get a high draft pick. And it's just, it seems like they're going out of their way sometimes to make these meatball plays happen. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a real meatball play. He just had like clear open field. Obviously it's his job to pitch it back, but it's like, of course, like the, the one time they probably actually have a good running play set up. It's a flea flicker. He pitches it back. Uh, quarterback gets immediately tackled. So that was my meatball play for the week. All right. Well, if you've been listening closely, you can start to, you know, hear a trend. Uh, we're going to stick with the NFC East and this same game for uh, this next meatball play. I have Antonio Gibson, Washington running back. Of course, it was against the New York Giants this past weekend. So he fumbled on an end uh, end around run, and that wasn't the meatball play of uh, him fumbling. What happened afterwards is what was disgusting because in Pee Wee, you're told told just to dive on it, and these guys were diving on it just like they were taught to, and yet the ball was slipping out like a hot potato, and 
seven different players touched the ball before finally being recovered by the Giants. Antonio Gibson plays for the for the Washington football team. So it was a turnover. But, I mean, seven different players to have touched it and to have had a great chance at picking it up. And it just kept going and going. And I'm just looking at the replay of this. I'm just like, how, 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 how? Yeah, I, I, I watched the replay as well. You sent it to me over the weekend. And I, I was laughing. But I was like, yeah, that's... That seems about right. And then it finally ended in a turnover. So that's obviously just <laughs> even worse for Washington. But, uh, yeah, that was crazy. I'll tell you what. I would not want to be in the film room come Monday morning when you're sitting there with the coaches and they're looking at that play. And you have to try to explain to the coaches. Seven yes. different players have to try to explain to their coaches why they did was, not recover that football. There was one guy yelling scoop and score for Washington. I saw him try and get, he tried to kick <laughs> it up. And he's a scoop and score, and he completely fumbled, just like fell over himself and forgot the football. <laughs> and the fundamentals go right out the window. Oh, hero yeah. Ball. Hero, hero ball, ball comes into play, ball, man. Fundamentals just go right out. <laughs> but uh, the, the NFC East, ugly NFC East strikes again. We're going to have a whole rest of the half of the season for that. I mean, th- there's going to be so many more coming out of the NFC East. Well, I'm sure that meatball plays will be dominated by the NFC East. <laughs> by the NFC East. Yeah, yeah. And we should start a standings, and I'm sure they would just run away with the crown. So time for our next segment, Pulled My Hammy. Of course, we explained Pulled My Hammy is, you know, big upset. Players are supposed to be better talent-wise or just scheme-wise, and they fake an injury to make it look less embarrassing that a lesser team just beat them on their home turf or just in general. So our first game, number 25, Liberty. I don't even know where Liberty is, Zane. And they beat Virginia Tech at home. And Virginia Tech's a good team, but I guess Liberty is this up-and-coming team. I, I, I just, I mean, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah, that is a... You know, they're ranked number 25th, but yeah, I couldn't tell you the next thing about this Liberty team. But yeah, <laughs> certainly for a team like Georgia Tech, you say, yeah, you can't let them come into your house like that and uh, take a W against you like that. Um, yeah, disappointing. But, you know, the Liberty is ranked, but at 25th, you know, probably 20 teams in the country could be ranked 25th, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not Especially that- this year. Yeah, it's not that much of a nod. Uh, they only won by a field goal at the end. So, Right, yeah. I, I can't imagine seeing Liberty going up against Georgia. I mean, Virginia Tech's a decent Power 5 team, but, you know, if they go up against some of the Blue Buds, Blue Bloods, yeah, they're getting their doors blown off. And the question I want to ask you, Zane, is I, I don't even think we'll put Liberty in this discussion, but I mean, could this be the year that we finally see a group of five teams? For those who are listening, group of five teams are the conferences that don't include the big schools, like the Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and Big 12. So the group of five teams, you would think of, you know, Northern Illinois or Liberty. And do you think we could finally see a group of five team in the college football playoff that has four teams this year? Yeah, I, I would have to probably say no. You know, in the past we've seen um... – the UCF Knights have been knocking on the door. You know, they've been in the five, six range and never been able to get that fourth spot. The, the highest team right now is um, Cincinnati, who plays in the American. They're 6-0. and uh, Florida just had a big win against uh, Georgia this weekend. So, you know, Cincinnati's not really going to hop them. 
unless unless Clemson somehow loses again with you know I, I I don't really see anybody but then Florida would probably take their place so no I don't I don't see any group of five teams sneaking in this year no nobody's been dominant from group of five yeah I mean you you really have to have the teams in front of them just shoot themselves in the foot and make it so by default an undefeated group of five team just has to be in the college football playoff. But some of those teams in front of them, they would have to have two losses at least for them to move forward. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see it this year. All right, so for our next Pulled My Hammy game, we just have two this week. Number 13 over number 23, Michigan. This was at the big house. Number number 13, Indiana, went to Michigan, defeated them, and Indiana's kind of been this dark horse team. They're definitely a dark horse team last year, and they really weren't given the respect this year. And I mean, Penn State probably should have beat them week one, but Indiana came out on top. Indiana's undefeated, and I just don't know if Indiana's that good or Michigan is just not as good as they historically have been. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have them on pull by hand because we really thought that that game – uh, against Michigan State for Michigan was pro- maybe a fluke, and uh, you know they're just not good against the rivalry games. Um, but you know they, I, I guess they just proved us. So now I guess if Michigan w- wins, the other team's going to be on pulled by Andy because Michigan's looking like an underdog <laughs> in every game now. They just don't look good. They don't look together. Um, and uh, yeah, Indiana three and zero, you know dark horse. But again, I, I would probably put them in the pretender class. Yeah, I would definitely put them in the pretender class as of now. And, hey, you know what? This is their first year that they've gotten to be considered a contender or pretender. I mean, for a program like Indiana, I think that is progress. And with with regards to Michigan, Michigan has never lacked in their quality of recruits. With the Jordan brand school, you know, Tom Brady coming out of there, they've always been respected and have always been able to get high-end recruits. They're always top 20 at least in recruiting rankings. So this makes me think it has more to do with coaching. I mean, is Jim Harbaugh maybe on the hot seat? Not only has he been losing these rivalry games, but now he's losing to Indiana. Yeah, I would definitely have to say he's on the hot seat, but not, not because he's losing to Indiana because he's losing his, all his rivalry games. You know, that, that that's, those are the games you have to win. And, and he is not. So I think for that reason, more, more so, he's on the hot seat. Yeah, I don't think he's beaten Ohio State once, and I think he's only gotten one win over Michigan State. So his record with the two rivalry games, Ohio State and Michigan State, that's got to be in the contract. And if you can't get that done, you can't deliver, then, yeah, you're probably going to get the boot. And and I'm not saying Jim Harbaugh is not a bad coach. It's just It's just not getting it done at Michigan. Uh, All right, so with our next segment, we have our box office segment. We like to evaluate the hype games, that games that lived up to the hype, and one game where it was kind of a letdown, had high expectations, and just did not deliver. And one of these games uh, for our preview, our last show, we talked about, and it became a letdown game. It It was considered one of our hype games, and it became a letdown game. We'll get to that in a second. First of all, we have two games that lived up to the hype. I could not choose between one or the other, so I just decided to add them both. Our first one, number four, Notre Dame. They were the home team over number one, Clemson. I say the home team with college because I feel like that is a big – I feel like that's a big factor with college at least. Not so much NFL, but with college, especially with limited attendance, 
it, it still is a it still is a large factor. So, Zane, what do you think of this Notre Dame Clemson game? It was it was a I, I I thought it was a very high octane offenses going at each other, and it really lived up to the hype. Yeah, it really went down to the wire, and I I was watching it. You know, the scores go back and forth, and I thought I thought Clemson obviously without Trevor Lawrence, but having been there. And with you know Dabo Sweeney and that that team, I thought that they would probably pull pull out a win. Um, so Notre Dame definitely gave me a shock there. But you know what a back and forth game, double overtime. I don't think you could ask for any more excitement. Um, so and and obviously it didn't hurt Clemson that much. They're still ranked fourth. Yeah, I, I feel like the national people who do these polls, they know Trevor Lawrence wasn't there because uh, he had he had COVID. For those who don't know, uh, he had COVID-19, minor symptoms, so he was held out, even though he was on the sidelines uh, in, in when he was viewing it, viewing the game. But I think this establishes Notre Dame at least as a contender, and even if they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship game, I could still see them, if they win out with the rest of their ACC games, I could see them being in the college football playoff in the ACC for the first time, getting two teams in the college football playoff. Yeah, I think I agree with with one loss, and unless somebody behind them, like like we talked about earlier, I think the, the top four have just completely separated themselves. So unless somebody behind them just you know catches fire, I think Notre Dame, even if they even if they lose to Clemson in an ACC championship, I, I would agree. I think they still make it in. Yeah, it would take a 2019 LSU type of team to really, yeah. you know, catch fire and just really show that, hey, we belong. But I don't see – I just don't see another team. I'm looking at the rankings. I don't see Florida, Texas A&M, Georgia, Oregon looking like world beaters and, and making sure that they get into the college football playoff. Our next hype game that I could not choose between the two, so I just put in there, Miami Dolphins or over the Arizona Cardinals 34-31. to I picked Arizona simply because of, you know, Kyler Murray's in his second year. I just thought experience would pave the way. But, I mean, this game really could have gone both ways. I know it, it came down to the wire here. I feel like they played this game 100 times. It would have been no more than a three-game difference. I, I was really impressed with Tua and Kyler Murray in this game. Yeah, I think um, looking back at it, we both picked um, we both picked the Cardinals to take this game. Um, so I think we're both a little bit surprised, um, you know, after the week one or not week one, but to his first start, we said, you know, he, he has to look better. Uh, and what do you do it against the Cardinals who have looked good all year? I thought, I thought, no. And I think he surprised everybody. He played really, really well. Kyler Murray, you know, I don't think anybody played bad. I think it was just a really good battle, good football game. Um, definitely lived up to the hype 34, 31 in favor of the Dolphins. Um, but you know, small sample size, but Tua so far has shown he can play. Yeah, small sample size, but I, I think we're seeing this next gen next generation of quarterbacks start to come in and really cement themselves as the future of the league. We're seeing Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, and we're just, you know, they're kind of in the twilight of their career and we're wondering who's gonna replace them. And there's kind of this gap because now Andrew Luck retired and there's kind of this, you know, gap in the middle. There's no middle tier quarterback. I maybe Russell Wilson is kind of like in the middle there. He's probably one of the best in that middle category, you know, uh, middle life there. But um, I mean, I think we're seeing this next generation of quarterbacks with Tua, Murray, Joe Burrow. And I think we're seeing the future here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, really exciting game. Dolphins scored 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to come back and win. Um, So definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah, these quarterbacks have some bright futures ahead of them. So now we go on to our letdown game. And I'm really disappointed, Zane. I was really looking forward to this game. And it it was just a dud. The New Orleans yeah. beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers were the home team, and they did have fans in attendance. That didn't matter. 38-3, to Saints over the Bucs. I think the Bucs, uh, you know, they're saying most of the, the Saints points were mail-in points. So, but that doesn't matter. Th- those points were scored no matter what. Even with their three points, yeah, that nothing was going to happen. Look at the stat lines here, and Drew, Bra- Drew Brees really outplayed Tom Brady here. Yeah, just w- what a letdown. We we both talked about this game on our weekend preview, and we were really excited. The the Bucks were riding high, the Saints were riding high. Antonio Brown comes into town. Everybody's talking about you know Brady for MVP, and um, the Saints get Michael Thomas back. It's supposed to be you know a really good game, um, and I wouldn't mind it if it went either way. But thirty eight to three is just not a Sunday night football game that you want to watch. Um, especially with two legends like Drew Brees and Tom Brady. So big letdown game this week. Yeah, I feel like the NFL has really missed the mark with their marquee games, with the teams that they've put in marquee games. And I, I would have thought the Saints and Bucks would have been a good marquee game. But, I mean, overall, I mean, especially Thursday night games, they've just been really lackluster. Monday night has been hit or miss. And, you know, Sunday night football, it's – Again, been hit or miss. I really just haven't been impressed. But, you know, Tom Brady, three interceptions, three sacks for only 209 yards. Some of those were garbage time yards. And it's just really disappointing. And I don't think Tom Brady has fallen off the cliff, you know, as far as as far as age-wise. I, I want to see more evidence. But, it, you know, the evidence is not helping him. Yeah, it didn't look good, that's for sure. All right. Now we'll go on to the barometer. Zane, I'll let you go first because I have a little bit of a – you know, I have to get on my soapbox and, you know, give a little soliloquy and I'll, I'll just be the, the cleanup hitter on this one. So why don't you start, Barometer? Are you closer to there is a God or kick in the shin for your teams this past weekend? Um, I'm probably going to say, if I, you know, I'll, well, I guess we'll just think I'll do the Bears as well, even though you have Bears, but I'll just do Bears. And yeah, we're, we like the we both like the Bears. That's, yeah, yeah so I'm yeah I'm gonna stick with the Bears, and I'm obviously gonna probably say, get kicking the shin. I mean, the, what do the Bears got to do to get back on track? You know, they at one point they got you know two false start penalties and just back to back penalties couldn't couldn't get anything going, losing to the Tennessee Titans and just never looking organized. Uh, so so the Bears are just off the rails here. Um, definitely kick, you know, kicking in the shins with the Bears right now. Yeah, I mean, on that uh, fake punt, and they got the first down on that, and then the next play, they have to call a timeout because they don't have the right personnel on the field. It's just like, what are we doing out here? It's just like you you probably would bet that that fake punt would work because you've been saving that all year. I feel like teams always get that one shot every year, and they know it's going to work. You would probably be have to be ready to have your personnel – all right, once this converts, we're going to have all the right personnel. We're going to drive right down the field, and we're going to make it happen. Nope, T- call a timeout, kill all the momentum. And for such an offensive-minded coach, Matt Nagy has really disappointed me this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I know. I mean, it's probably a little bit early to be, you know, saying hot seat for Matt Nagy, but you, I, I think after making that decision to go to Nick Foles, which probably may probably be the right 
decision, but you still got to make it work after that. Um, so it's not looking good for him if he continues to slide. Yeah, I would say Ryan Pace, if anything, is more on the hot seat. But I would definitely agree that, you know, the new GM would come in here and see how the offense has performed and maybe give Matt Nagy a one year to prove himself. And if he doesn't, he's out. He'll get his own guy in here. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Everybody buckle in. I'm going to go off on my – oh, man. All right, I'm going to go off on my rant. Just bear with me here. All right, so for my barometer between there is a God and kicking the shin, last week I was kicking the shin with a metal boot. I'm going to go past that. I'm closer to a Colt 45 in the kneecap. With oh, teams. my God. The last three weeks, the Bears and the Illini are combined 0 for 6. I'll start with the Illini first, and then we'll go back to the Bears. The Illini have been outscored 73 to 24 in the first half. That means I have given up hope and have been burning through my alcohol that I've had in front of me each game that I've watched the Illini. I mean, before the first quarter has even ended. I mean, I've given up hope before the first first quarter has even ended. Even if the score was close, maybe in the Purdue game, it wasn't that much of a blow. But you could just tell the way that Purdue was moving the ball and that the Illinois offense was moving the ball. It just wasn't going to happen. It not like last year where they had some miracle comeback wins. I mean, that can only happen one year out of every decade. It wasn't going to happen this year. It confuses me and almost angers me that in year five, that you are people's easy W game. Your other teams like Rutgers, Michigan State, you know your peers, Purdue and Minnesota, they're supposed to be your peers. I I don't expect you to compete with with Wisconsin and Ohio state every year. I don't expect that maybe a win here and there, a couple wins every decade. But if your peers are looking at you on the schedule and they're like, Oh, that's an easy win. That's where we can bounce back. And this is year five of the lovey Smith tenure. That's a problem. That is a problem. I know Illinois is not known for to be a football school, but in year five of a rebuild that just can't happen. And I have a lot of other stats here that I'm looking at to just prove that this tenure tenure is not working, at least the way it's currently formatted. Maybe I'll make my own podcast out of that. I don't want to get too deep into it just because I don't want to distract from all of the other stuff we have, but it's concerning and I'm never going to call for somebody's job. That's their livelihood, even if they'd make a lot of money but it is we just can't continue on the same path and expect the same and expect different results. Now, onto the Bears offense. Notice I said offense and not the defense. The Bears offense makes me ill. I think Ryan Pace the GM only needs to draft defensive players. He's been great drafting defense thing, but when it comes to offensive players, you're just sitting there scratching your head. Yeah, I mean, you know, Montgomery, I guess, has been solid, but nothing, you know, nothing crazy. And, yeah, the, I mean, how many tight ends? Didn't we draft, like, three tight ends or something? Or yeah. We drafted two, and we already had four on the roster. So, I, yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing with the offensive picks. They're just throwing darts at the board and hoping something sticks. And I, this offensive line, I it's just Matt Nagy, at the end of last year, fired Harry Heastand. And for those who don't know, Harry Heastan was the offensive line coach. He's known to be one of the best offensive line coaches in the game. Let me tell you something. 60% of the current all pros, which means the best of the best offensive linemen in the league, Harry Heastan has coached either in college or in the NFL. I don't think that he was the problem. 
And Ryan Pace thought he was the problem. Matt Nagy thought he was the problem. So we'll keep the same offensive line we have. We won't switch switch any personnel in or out, but we'll fire the coach. And I'm I'm sure that's a problem. That said right there that he's coached 60% of the current all pro offensive linemen. That should be a fireable offense in itself for thinking that he's the problem. Yeah, the the offensive line has looked absolutely terrible. So I guess we're going to have to give Nick Foles a little bit of a a pass. But honestly, you know, the the mobility of Mitch Trubisky probably was covering that up a little bit. I I think so, too, especially last year. So, I mean, gosh, the offense is lucky the defense – hasn't gone full-blown mafia on them in the locker room you know the defense is doing all that hard work and then you know defense gets to the sideline and they look up and the offense is already running back towards them because they just went three and out and they're just like what the hell we just you know stopped them four times and you're right back here you know it's just like it's really just a a one-sided effort from this Bears team and you really got to think the first half of the season with their five wins especially the first three wins were flukes and this team's looking at a 500 record eight and eight record this year and I'm sure they'll still make the playoffs but they're going to be a bottom seed yeah I I agree definitely kicking the shins for the Bears right now yeah yeah all right uh so with that we're running up on time so our first episode we went about I think like 53 minutes our second episode we went like 23 minutes Zane, we're, we're trying to get this around, you know, between 30 and 35 minutes, you know, trying that window. So uh, I think we got pretty close to that this week. And we're just going to try to keep that because we want to keep your guys' attention. I you, I don't like listening to hour and a half ep- episodes of anything. So we're going to try to keep with that. And we're just, This is a little bit of a experimental shows these first weeks, at least. And so we appreciate you listening with us. Zane, how was your drink? Did you finish it? And, you know, what, what are you looking forward to this next weekend? Um, no, I did not finish it because, like I said, and I wasn't kidding, it's pretty darn sharp. <laughs> so, um, yeah, given that it's Tuesday, I'm not trying to get out of control. So I, I didn't go all in on it. Um, but um, still good. Just definitely needed in a, in a mix. Um, and uh, looking forward to this weekend. Um you know, I, I got to check the games, but um, NFL has always been my – oh, sorry. Tomorrow, if you're looking for some hot action, tomorrow, Ball State, Eastern Michigan, tune in. If you're local, you can find it. You know Chirp Chirp Nation is going to be all over that. Yeah, Maction is in full swing for all you, you know, Mac students and Mac alum out there. So just buckle up for that. Yeah, I have a parlay going right now that all the all three games of action right now is going to hit the over. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. And uh, I I finished my High West whiskey, American Prairie bourbon in front of me. It was very good. I give it a nine out of ten, especially if you pair it with a Sam Adams. You guys know I love my Sam Adams. So if you pair it with a winter lager, you're in for a good time. So again, we appreciate you all listening. We'll be back in a couple of days when we preview. Uh, the college football and NFL games this next weekend. Y'all have a good week.